0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Let's review a couple of things the Lord said to us recently before we get into the message this morning. We're in sanctification part two. So let's just review a couple of things. Two weeks ago, because we had our youth testimonies last, last week, we uh, started a new series called Sanctification. We again, began by taking time to define what sanctification is. Sanctification is the removing of our lives from one place or position into another to be used by God for His purpose. And so we're in the process of breaking sanctification down into three parts. The Lord had said this to us, Every believer's most significant need is spiritual maturity. Many times as believers, we, we do not realize the, the impact an unsanctified or carnal lifestyle is having on our life here on earth. God's desire, God, des, God desires that His children live in a place of total surrender. A frequent prayer for sanctified or consecrated believers should be, not my will, God, but yours be done. And what we've been quoting today, Lord, here am I, send me. Believers should frequently walk through their life and ask the Lord what he would like them to place on his altar. Not trying to earn salvation, but from a place of understanding your salvation. Because the gospel of grace, the Lord said this to me uh, this, uh, this week when I was studying for this, the gospel of grace declares unmerited favor and unlimited power. That's what the gospel of grace declares, but not for lasciviousness. We do not take our freedom and use our freedom to fulfill the desires and lusts of the flesh. Two weeks ago, we began on sanctification. We saw the definition, and we're in the process of breaking it down into three parts. We talked about positional sanctification, and I'm not going to go into that. And then we moved to experiential sanctification. And experiential sanctification, this is the sanctification that is produced in our lives before the world around us. The use of the word sanctification in daily life is found more often than the work of sanctification did Jesus did for us at the moment of salvation. It's found more often in the Word of God. Where positional sanctification, in other words, when you get born again, is, our, is, is ours instantaneously, cannot be increased and is eternal. Experiential sanctification should be ever increasing and is only necessary during our natural lifetime. Experiential sanctification begins and takes place in our souls or through the transform, transformation of our thinking. This is why it is vital for every believer to read the Word of God daily and receive the ministry of the Word of God through the fivefold ministry gifts. The Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, called it the renewing of the mind. Romans chapter 12, verse number 2, two says this. And do not be conformed, and that word means molded, to this world. But be transformed or changed by the renewing or the renovating of your thinking. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is not an immediate transformation like salvation, as far as positional sanctification, but a process over a lifetime. This could be called holiness or godliness. It is the outward and visible manifestation to the world of our inward salvation or of the reality of the resurrection graces within. So when you were born again, God made your spirit his home. This is part of the process of working out The salvation that is on the inside of us. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 12. We're gonna dive into these two verses a little later, but I'm running through this part. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, notice obedience is good. Amen. Grace is not a license for sin. Grace is not a license for sin. Grace is not a license for sin. Grace is an empowerment to overcome sin. Yeah. Philippians 2:12 here, he says this, as you've always obeyed not as in my presence only but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. This could describe you could describe this as experiential sanctification. God saved us from sin, but he also wants to save us from sinning. God saved us from sin, but he also wants to save us from what? Sinning. Amen? This process is walked out through experiential sanctification. The Holy Spirit in us is already holy and gives us the power to walk in holiness before the world. The process also comes through intake and application of God's word. It's God's unchangeable holiness in us, producing an outward growing holiness from us to be seen by the world. Or in other words, it's your witness, part of your witness. So the word of God changes our thinking. This is again experiential sanctification. Psalms chapter 119 verse number 11. You can jot that down. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not what? sin against you. First Peter chapter 1 verse number 16 says because it is written, be holy for what? I am holy. Now watch this. In the Greek, be, become outwardly holy, for I am holy. Who's in you? Holy is in you. I know, you didn't think so, but he's there. <laughs> become outwardly holy because you're inwardly Come on, become outwardly holy because you're, you're inwardly holy. People say, oh, no, I'm, I'm not. Well, maybe your soul's cluttered. But Jesus did not move in with stains on him. I don't know about you, but I believe the blood worked. I believe it's so powerful. That any sin that comes... It it is better than that eraser thing you have at your house to get stains out of things. Right? Be outwardly holy. Why? Because you're empowered holy on the inside. Therefore, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no for the flesh. You are empowered to live free from lying, from insecurity, from anger, from rage, from hurt. Come on. You're empowered to live free from homosexuality. Transgender. Come on. People say, oh, no, it's too big. Where sin abounded. This means you're empowered to grow up spiritually. The scripture says in Colossians chapter 1 verse 29. Paul says that he works really hard and he labors and he strives in the gospel and the advancement of the kingdom, right? That's not just a preacher scripture. Because we're all doing that. And he said the reason why. Is because the ability of God, and it says, works in me. That word works has to do with ability or a constant motor turning. People say it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, you've got to cooperate with it. Experiential sanctification, what is it? It's the renewal of the mind and the crucifixion of the flesh. Because I have an anointing within, I can express or release that anointing without. I don't remember who it was. Somebody this morning said, to me, well, are you anointed this morning? And I said, I was born again that way. I know. People think, you're arrogant. No, I have knowledge. I'm confident. There's a difference. And the re- you'd know I was arrogant if I didn't want you to have it. But I want you to have it. Jesus wants you to have it. Come on, not just just you have it, but live in that power. Well, preacher, you don't know. Now stop talking about what you think you know above what God said about you. Now stop it. Stop it. (laughs) John 17, 17, Jesus said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word. The word cleanses. So we have positional sanctification. We have experiential sanctification, which is going to be the bulk of the message. And then lastly, we have ultimate sanctification. This is the day after we receive an everlasting resurrection body. Believers who have died and are in heaven will join those believers who are alive and remain on the earth in the resurrection of the saints to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, then enter into eternity with the Lord. Another name for the resurrection event is the rapture of the church. It will occur in an instant, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. We see this in 1 Corinthians 15.52. At that point, we will all receive a resurrection body like that of Jesus. This is the third phase of our salvation in manifestation, the redemption of our body. Our spirit was saved at the point of salvation. Our soul is renewed, saved daily by the renewing of of our mind to the word of God. The final phase of our redemption will be in the physical body. We will no longer have a body made of dust, that is cursed but made from the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 15, 44. Free from all curses, looking forward to that. For all eternity in heaven, we will have no more temptation to sin, no more growing old, there will be no physical death. We will be blameless in every respect before God himself. The creation of our resurrection body will change us from the body of Christ to the full bride of Christ, like Jesus, we will have a body that can eat, but it doesn't have to to remain alive. I'm a little excited about that. <laughs> yes, Lord, I'll have another piece of cake. I just. We can breathe, but do not have to in order to live. Our life will come from the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse number 30, calls our new body glorified. It is a body that is miraculously made alive and transformed by God's life, His glory. So, let's get into the bulk of what we're talking about. Back to, uh, let's go back to um, Philippians chapter two, verse twelve, and we'll probably end right here today. Philippians two twelve says this, and if you're taking notes, this is living daily in experiential sanctification. We define sanctification first, but secondly, we want to talk about living daily in experiential sanctification. Again, we are not doing this to try to be holy, we're doing it as an expression of who we are in Christ. This is not an earning of our salvation, but a working from what Christ has completely fulfilled. Amen? You say, why do you have to do that? Because Christians get into laws. They get into works mentality, well, God will accept me if I do everything just right. How how did that happen when you got saved? How many things were you doing right when you got saved? How many things were you doing, operating in, and God looked down and went, Oh. You know, the Pharisees believed that they had to get the world right before the Messiah could come. They thought they had to get the law established everywhere. Before the Messiah could come. And the Messiah came down in the midst of him and said, You're of your father the devil. Boy, that blessed him. (laughs) We're to work out what has been worked. We do this through the renewal of the mind and the enslaving of the body to righteousness. And we're going to see this when we get to Romans chapter 6. But let's start here. So therefore, my beloved, beloved," this is Philippians 2.12. As you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works. This is verse 13. Where does he work? In you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Listen to this in the amplified Philippians 2:12 Therefore my dear ones as you have always obeyed my suggestions so now not only with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence but much more because I am absent work out and this in the amplified it says cultivate carry out to the goal and fully complete your salvation with reverence Awe and trembling, and that in there it says with self distrust. So you're not leaning on yourself. With serious caution, tenderness, of, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. Verse thirteen says, "Not in your own strength, for it is God who, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you." Watch this energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Now, if you want to write a sermon and you don't have points, just take the amplified version of those two verses and break it down and share it. In other words, what is the Holy Spirit saying through Paul as an apostle, as as an author of one of the authors, one of the secretaries for the Bible? You've got power in you. Cooperate with God and let it work out of you. You've, come on, if you plant a seed into dirt, is it just going to grow on its own? Well, your dirt... So water the seed in you, tend to the ground, and it will what? Grow. Do you have to give a natural seed power to grow? Nope. You just got to have the right environment. It'll grow on its own. People say, oh, you don't know how long I've been saved. I ain't been walking in holiness. Listen, I've heard testimonies that they've found seeds from ancient Egypt buried in tombs, and they planted them, and guess what? So there's hope for you and me. Come on. I know you ain't been alive since ancient Egypt. (laughs) Right? (laughs) The message says it this way. What I'm getting at, friends is that you should simply keep on doing what you've done from the beginning. When I was living among you, you lived in response uh, you lived in responsive obedience. Now that I'm separated from you, keep it up. Better yet, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your life of salvation, reverent and sensitive before God. That energy is God's energy and energy deep within you. God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. The energy working in me, the energy working in you in the spirit is God's resurrection power. There is nothing in this life that is greater than the one who lives in you. Including what you think is your problem about you. God's grace is greater. Amen. God's grace, is, His ability is greater. Put your trust and faith in Him. Well, you don't know how long I've been addicted to such and such. I know that when Christ did what He did on the cross and raised from the dead, it was enough power to take care of no matter what the length of time of addiction is, no matter what the problem is, no matter what the fear is, no matter what. Come on. No matter what the disease is, no matter what the problem is, it makes no difference. I know that God said that there's more than enough power within the resurrection if we will cooperate. All we have to do is what? Cooperate. Well, I just am so disappointed all the time. Well, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Well, people keep letting me down. Stop trying to have them hold you up. You're giving them too much power. Well, if I believe that or if I do, they don't agree with me. They disagree with me. So what? The devil is trying to get you into minuscule arguments and your attention off of Jesus onto wind and waves, and you're going to sink unless you focus on Jesus. There's so much grace you can actually pray for the person that hates you. Work out means to work fully or to perform. It means to affect or toil. Weast Word Studies in the Greek New Testament says it means to carry out to the goal, to carry out to its ultimate conclusion. I love that. Not only does it give me hope, but it gives me faith. But what You say, why? Because I, I haven't arrived, but I've left. Amen. People think, well, we've already fully arrived in Christ, in the Spirit. Yes, but it's got to be walked out. In other words, Jesus doesn't have to come back and die again. I get that. But we still have to walk by faith and not by sight. There are still clear principles expressed in the New Testament that declare to us and mandate us to get things done in our natural self through the empowerment of the Spirit within. After we're born again, it's not just we'll hang on until we go to heaven. It's we'll walk in the power of the resurrection, walking in greater and greater levels of maturity, expressing the kingdom to those around us. It means to carry out to the goal, to carry to its ultimate conclusion. We say the student worked out a problem in math. That is, he carried the problem to its ultimate conclusion. This is the way it is used here. The Philippians are exhorted to carry their salvation to its ultimate conclusion, namely what? Christ-likeness. This is not working for our salvation, but a working from our salvation. This again, the Holy Spirit is speaking through Paul, teaching the people about discipleship or sanctification. Walking in the Spirit is seen in Galatians chapter 5. But what it does is releases the kingdom into our lives, which becomes a witness to others. Remember, this verse falls on the heels of the example of Christ. Jesus made his flesh submit to the will of God, and we are to do the same. I work out my salvation because I didn't work it in. I don't have to work in my salvation, but I do have the responsibility to work it out. Both sides of our salvation are loaded down with resurrection graces. Therefore one uh, commentary says this therefore or in con- or consequently my beloved this is he says this therefore what he says therefore my beloved as you have always obeyed so therefore or in consequence of in other words this is a result clause statement in Philippians the first part of Philippians 2 the first part of verse 12 Based on the Lord's obedience and delivery of salvation to us, we are to take that new birth and begin to produce our new nature in our daily lives. And he says this, as you have always obeyed or listened or at all times, the meaning of this phrase in the Greek is to answer the door. There we go. <laughs> I better hold this one back. <laughs> Sorry about that. It was green when I turned it on. All right. So it means to answer the door. Whenever the Philippians have heard the word of God, they have opened the door of obedience. Paul now asks them to further obey as they, have, as they always have and move into new areas of discipline and sanctification. He says this, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out. In other words, something on the inside working itself to the outside, your own salvation. The Philippian believers now need to to step further into God's plan and grow up. God placed the salvation inside of them. They need to bring it out. It needs to be manifested in their everyday walk before the world. Notice it's their own salvation they need to work out, not everyone else's. I think I should read that again. Notice it's their own salvation there to work out, not everyone else's. Work out your own salvation. We cannot live each other's lives. We all have full-time, a full time job running our own life. How are we supposed to do it with fear and trembling? That word is phobos and tromos, and it indicates an obsession to do it right. It indicates maximum effort should go into our outward life before the world. God does a perfect job in placing the new birth within us. What God does in us has no mistakes. However, our own efforts to express the new birth in actions can be flawed. We need to see our every action as an outward witness to the world. You can see this principle in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. The Lord never divorced learning from living. Full biblical knowledge is comprised of information and experience. Full biblical knowledge is comprised of information and experience. In other words, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. The Complete Biblical Library New Testament Commentary says the apostle carefully informed the Philippians that they were responsible before God for their own salvation. They could not lean upon Him, so His absence should not make a difference in whether or not they are faith, They were faithful to God. A person cannot work out what has not been, uh, what he has not, what he does not have. Nowhere in Scripture is the paradox. This is interesting. Of divine sovereignty and human responsibility more clearly shown than here. Work out contains the idea of carrying out to an ultimate conclusion. In this process, which obviously is a reference to the work of sanctification, the attitude must be one of serious caution. No believer is satisfied just being saved. He works with God in the process of sanctification. You know, people say, well, I'm saved. That's good enough. I doubt it. (laughs) Sanctification takes time and it takes effort. And people say, oh, no, we're not saved by our works. I'm not talking about that. We're saved by grace and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, correct? All right, let's just do this. Go over to Ephesians chapter 2, and then we'll wrap this up. Ephesians chapter 2. You didn't disconnect your faith on me, did you? Okay, just making sure. Stop thinking about fried chicken. Fried chicken, fried chicken. (laughs) Stop thinking about it, I said. Don't think about fried chicken. All right. Do you see what I'm doing to you here? Okay. Uh, Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that what? Not of your... It is the gift of God, lest, and it says what it is the gift of God, in verse 9, not of, lest anyone should boast. Verse 10, for we are his, created in Christ Jesus for, for what? You see it? Grace within. Good works is grace. Work out you didn't earn your salvation, but you are exposing it or not. You carry this treasure in a <laughs> earthen vessel. you didn't work it in, but you work it. How do I do that? Therefore put on... The Lord Jesus Christ make no provision for the flesh. Well, I just feel like I'm putting it on. You need to divorce the intimate relationship you have with your feelings. That was the Holy Ghost. That was a word for me. (laughs) I mean, they're all words for me. You understand what I'm saying? People say, well, my psychologist said said what does it line up with what Jesus said does it well because of my background because I'm Scottish and it's William Wallace's fault that I want to kill everybody and I got a double whammy because I'm Norwegian too and we have the Vikings. I'm a combination of William Wallace and the Vikings. There is nobody safe. <coughs> I mean, who's German in here? You started two world wars. It's your fault. <laughs> 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 I heard that. <laughs> so he said, can we get reparations? <laughs> Listen. No. If <laughs> No, you don't. Sorry, John. No reparations. <laughs> no, no? My reparation, the world's reparation, is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. God works salvation in us. That is to say that when we get born again, the Lord deposits everything he accomplished through his death and resurrection in us. Then we have to work it out of our spirits and into the physical realm. It is a major step towards victory when we quit looking for our deliverance to come from the outside and start recognizing that it is already... And we just need to get it out. We've already got it. It's not God's turn to move. He's already done His part. It's our turn to believe and appropriate what God has already provided by grace. Amen? Do you see that? So... Next week, and we'll, we'll get into Romans 12, 2, and then hopefully into Romans 6. But listen, it's already in you. We just have to work it out. You say, we have to work it out. What do you mean by that? You put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You say what he would say. You act the way he would act. Why? Because I'm trying to be like Jesus. Well, because you already have his nature inside and you're living from it. People say, well, why do I think wrong? Because your mind needs to be renewed. Well, why do I feel wrong? Because your flesh is not saved. Not yet. People say, oh, yeah, it is. It's already done. Really? So why did Paul say we're supposed to crucify our flesh, that we're supposed to present it, our members, as instruments of righteousness, just as we did before, as instruments of sin? Why does the scripture say in Romans 8.13 that we have the power of the Holy Spirit within us to dominate the nature of our flesh? If I don't have to control my flesh, it just does, It makes no sense. You've got to control you by you within. And people say they get frustrated with this. And the reason why I found that believers get frustrated about this is because they don't understand spirit, soul, and body. We are conditioned in this world to believe everything in the natural. Even believers. Not realizing that who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. I know sometimes we get this in our mind. We think, oh, the preacher, they have some sort of special anointing and they don't feel anything. You know, they don't deal with all the You know, that TV preacher doesn't deal with all the same things I do. Yes, they do. And they have to walk by faith just like we do. Amen? So keep that in mind. You have him in you, work it out. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to give an invitation to receive Christ or rededicate to the Lord if you haven't. Just always want to give this invitation because... You never know who's here than also those watching online. So Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that eternity is in our hearts. We know this from John chapter 3 verse 16 and 17. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We know from Romans 3.23 that every person has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We know from Romans 6 that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. God desired so much to bring our relationship back together with him. And we know from Romans 5, 8, and 9 that he demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we receive God's forgiveness through faith. So if you're in this place today, the Lord says this to you. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. It says, because with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if you're here today and you need to either rededicate your life to the Lord, I'm not talking you made a mistake and you feel bad about it. I'm talking, you know that you're away from Jesus and you need to get right. Or you know you've never made Jesus your Lord. And the Holy Spirit's convincing you of that right now. You need this. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Is there anybody that like that? Just raise your hand where you're at. I want to pray with you. Checking online as well here, Josh. Anybody that message, Kate? Okay. Kate? Okay. All right. I see one. Yep, I see your hand in the back there. Let's just do this. Let's pray together. And and you, as, as you raised your hand, just believe from your heart. And I believe that the Lord is going to give you a no-so experience right now. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your Son, Jesus, who came to the earth. Lived a sinless life. And died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose from the dead. So that I could receive forgiveness. Become your child. And receive the gift of eternal life. I come to you now. Repenting of my sin. I not only receive your gift of forgiveness. But I give you all my life, all my heart. I believe you have accepted me. Because Jesus said, The one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Jesus also, in the book of Romans, said, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you for saving me, making me your child, helping me live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God you are in. So if you did pray that, and uh, what I'd like you to do is come forward and talk to one of the altar teams here and uh, get a new believers pack. We have inside there a card that looks like this. It says starting point on it. And I had these cards made, and there are actually uh, six messages, audio messages on the website under a tab called the New Believers Classes, and they're all under this, all these messages are under there, and these are six truths that I believe that the Lord wants every new believer to know and to get established in, in order to help them Uh, get a good start in their walk with the Lord and on the back of the card here they're all listed out in the order that we'd like you to listen to them in and uh, they're a very good series and uh, trust that you'll get that and start that on your own time um, and start going to a little bit of Bible school for a few weeks amen you all have time and you can do it so please do that if you need prayer for anything else altar care team is ready don't forget we have the picnic at one which will be fun, and uh, we bless you guys. Did you get anything out of the service? Amen. Well, God bless you, and we'll see you Wednesday night for Bible study. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.